Welcome to the Grand Rising Podcast, where emotional sovereignty meets empowerment. Join hosts Katrina and Liz as we embark on a beautiful journey of transmuting emotion to create our world through the lenses of astrology, human design, and divine feminine empowerment. In each episode, we delve into emotional growth, even during the most challenging of times, by offering insights, tools, and wisdom to help you not only manage, but thrive on your emotional journey. Subscribe today for celestial insights, heartfelt conversations, humor, and a cosmic dose of wisdom to elevate your emotional intelligence and transform your world. Rising and welcome to the Grand Rising podcast. I'm here with Katrina and we are going to talk about uh, the energies of the week, uh, well, and some more things, uh, but we're going to talk today about our podcast rebrand and why we chose to uh, move away from just doing weekly transits. And so you can see I even already said that we we're going to talk about the energy of the week. I'm so used to that by now, but we are actually going to be talking about more um, deeper astrological concepts and human design concepts, as well as framing it in terms of emotional intelligence and how you can um, use your own personal power to get what you want and to manifest your dreams into reality. And so it's still going to be a lot about astrology and human design, uh, but we're also going to be incorporating um, psychology and uh, some different um neuro-linguistic programming and different things to help move um, move us forward into this next era of, of humanity, really, because uh, we've been on the, this long trajectory, and I'm sure that most people can feel um, that there's going to be a, a change coming to our society. And so we, we decided to do this rebrand in order to encompass a larger audience and to um, help people feel uh, that they do have power and that they do have the ability to make positive changes in their lives. Um, we hope that the themes that we're going to choose will be something that you guys can come back to again and again and uh, learn from. And so, yeah, that's kind of the purpose of this episode is to talk about uh, what we're going to be uh, doing uh, with the future of the podcast. And you may have noticed that we've rebranded the podcast on Spotify. It is the Grand Rising podcast. Uh, we chose the name Grand Rising um, because we've been learning a lot and we'll be doing an episode about um, the origins of language and the reason that the English language is the um, most widely used language, one of the most widely used languages in the world, is because it is a lot about spelling and spell casting. And saying things like good morning is um, not exactly, you know, we might not notice it, but it's not a positive thing because it, if sounds are vibrations, and you, the word morning still means the same as morning something. And so we're not going to say we're good morning. So a lot of people choose to use the term grand rising. And we really liked that term and decided that we would like it for our podcast as well as our sacred sisterhood group that we do here locally. And because it is a grand rising of humanity. Um, is what is happening and the power structures uh, of this world are being um, upended and usurped and we're going to see a grand rising of humanity. So Katrina, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I really like the way you put that. Um, and I would just also say um, we've talked a lot too about um, the grand rising of the divine feminine, which isn't to say just women, but just typically feminine traits, right? Yes. So moving away from, as we've talked about in past episodes, this hustle culture, um, m more living and flow yes. and alignment, um, attracting things versus chasing them. You know, the there's a time to take action, but I think the, the way society is structured is we're pressured all the time to be taking action, taking action. Yes. You know, to the point where, and we've talked about this, I think, I, I mean, obviously my moon conjunct Saturn could be part of this in Virgo, um, but a hard time just letting myself relax. I yeah. have to be very intentional 
and to like get myself to understand like it's okay to just relax. Yes. And so a lot, that's a lot of what we want to help people with is, um, you know, just learning how to flow through things. Um, we both still deal with really difficult things sometimes. Um, I have an appointment Tuesday uh, to schedule a biopsy to see if I have cancer. So do you know what I mean? You, you've got your things. I've got my things. But at the end of the day, um, we have a choice. And we talked a lot about that in the last episode. Mispronunciations mm-hmm. must be a thing. Um, we have a choice with how we handle what comes our way. We can choose happiness. We can choose joy. Um, there are still so many things in my life to be incredibly grateful for. Um, and so I've just chosen to, to handle it that way. Um, but I think, you know, teaching the audience about, you know, their moon signs, um, you know, what sign is your moon in? What does that mean for you? Um, also maybe doing an episode on the Mercury sign because Mercury is the mind, but the moon is the emotions. And so a lot of times people will say, oh, my head and heart, you know, they're never, they're never aligned. (laughs) Um, and knowing your moon sign and your Mercury sign can really help you understand how to bring them into alignment more. And then of course the human design just adds a whole new level. I've been really, um, working on breaking down what zodiac signs rule different parts of our bodies so like which if we look at the the nine energy centers in the human design body graph you'll be able to see that um like for example the spleen which is like our fear our intuition our um our health um, is, is uh, there's a lot of Scorpio gates in, in the spleen, in the emotional solar plexus. There's a lot of, uh, Pisces gates that ruled by Pisces. So, um, it, it kind of talks about which archetypes of energy in astrology correlate to the different energy centers in our body. Um, like for example, there's a lot of sacral, like life force energy in Aries and Sagittarius, both very fiery and Leo, uh, a lot of willpower there. So, um, and, and so we're going to be going into that too, in, in how, um, each center gets conditioned by our outside world and then how, what we can do to decondition that center and, and live more uh, authentically in how we were designed to, to live. Yeah. I really like that. You know, knowing, you know, I feel this direction, you know, when we were talking about the rebranding with roots with Mm -hmm. Venus being retrograde and Leo, it never dawned on me at that time that it would be the podcast. (laughs) Um, So it's really funny that it worked out that way. Um, But I feel the new direction just feels so much more aligned with what we talk about all the time. Um, You know, and, and we can teach you guys more about like, if this is your moon sign, here's how that might display on the shadow side. And here's what you can do. Some real tips um, that will help you, you know, move to the higher octave of that sign. Um, You know, sometimes people, especially new to astrology, um, and I don't know about the human design, you can speak on that, but sometimes when they're new to it, it can be really difficult because like, say they have a moon in Capricorn. Yeah. You know, well, right. Well, the moon is ruled, you know, moon rules uh, by cancer and Capricorn is opposite. So it's said to be in detriment in Capricorn. It's a very difficult moon placement. Um, But if you've listened to us before, you know that sometimes when they say something is in detriment or something is this or something is that, um, really, there's a, a different way to look at that. It's not it's not, you're not doomed. No, if you there's have, really no bad place. Yeah, it's if you have a Capricorn moon. And so our idea is to create this sort of evergreen content that can help people. And like you said, they can come back to it, you yes. know, and learn from it and study from that. You know, it's great to talk about the weekly energy. And we'll still bring in some of the major players as we're doing this and, and tell you this is, you know, where it's falling and, and, and look at where that is in your chart. Um, same with the human design gates. Um but this is just that, like you said, evergreen content they can come back to. They can learn about themselves. Um, if I can, if I tell you, hey, the sun is trying whatever today, that's great. But are you going to get more use out of me saying, hey, if you have this moon sign, um, you know, this is how these energies might be playing out for you right now. Like if your moon is in like Scorpio and this Mars Kazemi that we just talked about in the last, last episode happened on your moon. Well, that's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So just helping people understand themselves better. I love that as a goal. Um, and just bringing it all back to the, the emotional intelligence piece. I love, um, that you brought up the, you know, the divine feminine because, uh, in numerology, uh, feminine energy is represented by the number two. 
And so as we moved into this millennium, the year 2000s, um, you know, we, our years even started with the two. And so I would argue that that was the beginning of this big shift into, we've been living in a very masculine dominated, and I don't even, the words feminine and masculine are just, they're, they're energy archetypes. They're not descriptors. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're like placeholders for like yin and yang or duality or it's not like Basically, everybody has both of these types of energies in them, um, and it's just whether you're presenting as healed or wounded. And so, but we've been taught that masculine is the way, you know, that hustle and the, I mean, if you think of masculine, it's very like go out and get it and um, conquer and take, colonize, and colonize <laughs> and. Um, you know, whereas feminine is more, um, you know, flowing and um, intuitive and receptive and um, matriarchal, like it, it, making sure that the community has enough and not like where I have this and that means that you can't have this or my you having this is taking away from me. Like it's masculine energy to me is very rooted in lack. And it's rooted in, in um, well, I'm just going to go and take. And I know that there's lots of people screaming that we're moving away from from that. And it's causing us to not want to have to work and all of these things. But it's, you know, what do we do in a post-industrial society? I mean, we have, there's not going to be, I mean, everything has pretty much been built. Everything, all of those I mean, granted, we needed that kind of go-getter hustle energy for a while in order to build the society up and to build um, things up. But now that we're here, it's more going to be about emotional intelligence. And in human design, there is going to be another change to the body graph, and it's going to have to do specifically with our emotional solar plexus. And um, that's coming in 2027. And... It's going to split some channels um, away from um, the emotional solar plexus and add another channel. I'm not specifically, I'd have to go back in my notes and look at specifically what the changes are. But basically, it's going to move us into this era of creativity and an era of, um, yeah, divine feminine leadership. And I'm so here for it. Oh, I'm definitely here for it. Um, I just want to say this. So there's a lot of freaking out and fear around AI taking everything over and like all the different uh, jobs that are going to be lost. If you remember when Andrew Yang ran for president yep. and the things he talked about doing a UBI because of that, I'm not advocating Andrew Yang just as a as a example of, you know, the what, outside what world the and what's going on. And so he talked about this and he was very fearful. He wrote a book. I listened to it on the audio um, of tr for truckers in particular, yes. self-driving trucks, and and you know where what are truckers going to do, and this rise in like men committing suicide, you know, usually mm -hmm. over the inability to provide adequately. Um, so capitalism, you know, colonization, it only has so far it can go, right? Yes. So in the previous episode, you had talked about how they need us to consume. But they're so greedy that they don't give us enough money to even really keep consuming at some point because we can't even pay our bills. We can't right. even... Do you know what I mean? So Capitalism always ends, by the way. It eats itself. It eats itself. It's, it's just going to... The greed eats itself. It, it just does. And so... That's what we're seeing. So here's, here's what I'm going to say about that. That's going to happen. Yep. Like AI is taking over. You can't stop it. Okay. Uranus is going to move into Gemini. Pluto is going to move into Aquarius. Guess what's going to happen? More AI, more yep. technology. Like this is just our world now. And so at this point, you have to ask yourself, am I going to approach this from a fear mindset or am I going to approach this, you know, from a mindset of creativity yes. uh, and love and all of those things? And so that's what we hope for with this podcast is to get people to understand that the matrix is really just the lens that you're choosing to view something through. Yes. Um, and so, and that is a choice, right? Yeah. Um, there are times, I, I just talked about it in the last episode, where I might be viewing it from anxiety or whatever the case may be, but I'm self-aware about that. So it's not, it's not that you have to vibe high, right, all right. the time. It's that you understand when you're not, just 
don't do any manifesting right that time. You know what I mean? Take some time to yourself, to hermit. You talked in the last episode about that 14, a gate with that two line, Mm -hmm. um, hermiting. Yes. You know, when I'm not feeling my best, that's what I do. Yep. I hermit. And then I go into my little, my little space. And then when I'm ready, I'll meditate or I'll, you know, I have my practices. It's different for everyone. And then all of a sudden I'm feeling better and I can get back to that, you know, sustaining that, that better vibration, that higher vibration. One of the things that I've just started to learn about is that, um, there, you know, men run on a 24 hour cycle, whereas women run on a 28 day cycle. And so we have weeks where we don't feel like doing shit. You know what I mean? And it's usually the weeks during our period where it's a very, you know, sacred release that is happening and, um, and it's okay. And it's okay to take that downtime and nurture yourself and feed yourself good foods that support what's going on with your body. And even if you're, you know, beyond, um, you know, if you're a menopausal woman, you still run on the similar 28 day cycle, which is why knowing your moon sign and knowing how the moon, uh, the moon affects the feminine very, very strongly. And so, um, knowing, and the moon up trans, you know, goes into a different sign or into a different gate, like every couple days. And so it's the most dynamic, um, mover and also mm-hmm. the one that's the closest to us. So it's it's the most affecting um, on our moon. So really, yeah, you make a great point to start with your moon sign and understand, you know, like my whole household, we all have fire moons. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have a Sagittarius moon. Isaac has an Aries moon. And both my girls have Leo moons. And so that has a tendency to get us a little, we can get a little amped up, you know, um, very... Uh, we can get angry sometimes. We can um, get self-righteous at times, dramatic at times. Um, and so, but knowing that and knowing that, you know, is, is so helpful in, in having, being able to give the people around you grace and to give yourself grace as well. Um, because we just, you know, we understand that this is part of kind of our, our makeup and it's one of the things that we're meant to uh, learn in this life is to manage that because on a, on the flip side, a fire moon is very passionate and very warm and um, inviting. And yes, um, you know, we can be, um, you know, we can, we can warm you up just as fast as we can burn the shit out of you in a way. But, um, but you know, leaning more into that and by leaning into that feminine energy, it allows you to be more in flow and to be more um, receptive of what's going on around you and not trying to go and do and change and control and correct and do all of the things that I think a lot of women who are in their wounded masculine have gotten into the habit of, including myself. Um, you know, we like things our own way and we have a kind of an idea of what makes is going to make us feel safe, especially if we have trauma. And when stuff deviates away from that, that can be very difficult. Uh, and so I think that that's, you know, learning how to navigate, um, the change that's going to come in this world and the changes that are going to come in your own personal lives because of the changes in the world is going to be key uh, as to, you know, you thriving or you just allowing what's happening to, you know, send you over a cliff. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I was thinking you were talking about your all fire moons. Um, really knowing not just, like you said, your own moon, but each other's moons is really helpful. Um, in my house, even, um, mm-hmm. John and I are both Virgo moon. Mm-hmm. And so the natural inclination of the Virgo moon is to be the caretaker. That's how we feel good is when we're serving others. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to ask yourself sometimes if you're serving others from a selfish space uh, mm-hmm. or a wounded space. Because, um, and I think I've told this example before, but um, I told you I have to hermit when I'm out of alignment. Um, and John really struggled with that at first. Mm-hmm. Um, Even though he has an actual hermit. Right. <laughs> yeah. But he <laughs> really, <you> hermit too. <laughs> he really struggled with it because in his past, you know, women have been very volatile whenever their energy has gone like off a little bit. If he didn't like step in and like fix it, 
mm-hmm. would turn into this whole, you know, I, I, I was thinking when you were talking about the fire moon, just like a slow, steady fire mm-hmm. or one that's like raging out of control. Yeah. Right. And so he was waiting, you know, and, and we're like at this point a, a year in and I, and I'm not this raging fire. Do you know what I mean? Right. And so, um, one day I just asked him when he came in and I knew that's what he was doing. Instead of letting that irritate me, because I was already in an, an online space, but I was self-aware. So instead of letting that irritate me, I was like, oh, he has this Virgo moon conjunct yeah. Pluto. He just wants to transform my energy and make me okay. Right. And, you know, and so I asked him about it and we had this whole great conversation. And so what would have turned, you know, 10 years ago into a fight, perhaps, mm-hmm. you know, now with knowing my moon placement and his moon placement and the, the in, you know, the knowledge I have, I'm able to navigate those spaces with emotional intelligence instead and it turns into this like connective moment. From a human design standpoint, I can see that a lot because Isaac is the only one in our house that is has a defined, he's an emotional um, generator and emotion, emotional authority. And so the girls and I have open emotional centers. So we absorb and amplify emotional energy, whereas he, and so we don't have our baseline, um, the girls and I, our baseline is, is kind of on, a, on the calmer side. Whereas he has natural emotional waves, as do all emotional, emotionally defined people. So if you look at your human design body graph and your emotional solar plexus, um, which is down in the bottom right, if you're looking at your, your graph, um, it's a little triangle down there. If it is colored in, that means that you have a defined emotion and you automatically have an emotional authority, which means that you are going to have waves of emotion and it's going to depend. So you're there's just going to be times where you're just feel down, you know, I mean, in his run more on a, what I've seen is a 24 hour cycle and around, you know, three o'clock every afternoon, he's kind of heading into his downward wave, um, where he's just not fit, you know, he's getting tired. He needs maybe a pick me up. He's not, um, he just is not feeling as good as he was, you know, first thing in the morning. And so me knowing that and honoring that for him and giving him space around that time and or nurture whatever, you know, he needs, but not making it about me. Mm-hmm. And that has been hugely helpful, I think, um, in our relationship and just understanding that, um, you know, he is an emotional being and he's going to have his ups and down times. And whereas me, I might not be able to understand it for myself because I don't, you know, I'm more of a baseline neutral. Um, so yeah, it's very, very helpful. Um, you know, emotions are what, what we use to manifest. And so, because our feelings vibrate at a much stronger resonance than our, even our thoughts do and our thoughts obviously cause feelings. So we can be, you know, we can be in a fine mood, and we'll think about something that's completely imaginary and, and it'll, we'll have a feeling about it <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense. I mean, but in, in, you know, in a way it does because you're, so we're going to talk a lot about how to stay in the present and, um, you know, not get into that looking back and looking forward and letting that all siphon our emotional energy out because anytime we're fearful or, um, you know, feeling, high emotion about something it's it's because we're trying to basically control the outcome of said thing or we've already made up a story in our own minds about what that outcome is going to be and we're reacting based on a story in our own minds (laughs) which i feel like when we talked in the last episode about the uh mars kazemi um, and I talked about how Mercury was in Sagittarius oh, in this like moving sextile like with Venus. I can see why that's in detriment there. <laughs> well, but here's the but here's the thing. I think what you just said about them stories and and the stories we tell ourselves. We've talked mm-hmm. about that a lot from Brene Brown. And so um, Mercury in Sagittarius reminds me of that. Mm-hmm. Like the stories we tell ourselves. Yeah. It, ruled by Jupiter, expansion. So. What are you, what thoughts and stories are you allowing space to grow and flourish? And are they conducive? You know, um, and I talked in the last episode as well about the situation with my daughter. Um, now ultimately the goal is to have land and have everybody live on the land and all of that, but Mm -hmm. that's a future thing. Right. And so if I want to manifest that in the future, I have to really pay attention to the present because it's what I do in the present moment. That's 
That's right. That's going to usher that future in. And so I had to take a look at our situation um, in the present moment and go, okay, here's what makes the most sense for right now. We can still have that beautiful end goal, right? But if I don't take action in the present to switch some things around, that's going to take longer and longer to get here. Yes. Um, and so I like the fact that you brought up the present moment. That is so crucial. Um, and it can be so hard for people to stay in the present moment. We get antsy. We want instant gratification, like all of these different things, or we get stuck in the past and the victim mode. So just really working on learning the lessons of the past without carrying the weight of the victimhood mm -hmm. um, is really important because those lessons will help you make better choices in the present. And then just understanding that, you know, if you're off thinking about the future too much, then you're not creating it in the present. Right. It's not going to come because you're not sitting in the vibration of it in the present moment. Well, also, when you're so forward focused and just thinking about the future all the time and thinking about your your big dreams, you're you can almost lull yourself into just being satisfied with the dreaming, you know, and so it's because you're exerting so much energy in in dreaming and thinking about the future, the future, the future, instead of anchoring yourself into the present and thinking, okay, because, you know, manifestation is not just about putting out your good thoughts and feelings. It's about actually you have to have aligned action as well as a big part of it. And so uh, oftentimes I think we get stuck in the, the vibes and the wanting to just, you know, be thinking a certain way or feeling a certain way and we forget about the action part and and too much of that thinking and feeling can get you off course too so and and get you satisfied with just the dreaming and not necessarily taking the action i have totally been there in my life <laughs> <laughs> i feel very called out right yeah. now um, we all have we all have uh yeah no i agree completely i think you know the goal of this rebranding for us is um, really just to get you guys to understand these concepts at a deeper level. They're out there in a pop kind of way yeah. um, where I feel like I know when I first came into my spiritual awakening, um, the stuff out there on like YouTube and, and Google and all that was very much, Oh, you have to, you know, vibrate high and all of this. And so if I couldn't maintain this, like, Right. You know, high vibration. Oh, I was ruining my manifestation, right. you know. Like I don't I want people to understand that that's not the case. No. And and so we kind of want to, you know, come up with an outline to to teach you guys emotional intelligence and to um how to use your emotions to manifest. Um you know, people I've had a lot of people tell me that they can't meditate because they can't clear their mind. Um I always counter that with saying it's not really about clearing your mind for me. It's about let me sit down in some quiet contemplation and see what thoughts come up. So I'm not trying to clear my mind. I'm trying to look at my subconscious and, and what's be still an there and be an observer because you're not your thoughts and you're not your feelings. You're the whole consciousness above both, you know, and you can manipulate that right. to such a high degree, especially once you practice it long enough. Um, and manipulate has, has such a bad reputation. I don't mean it in a bad way, obviously, but, um, you are truly the most powerful person, you know, yes. for you, like you just are your thoughts, your feelings. Um, and like Liz said, it vibrates, you know, and if you aren't controlling your thoughts, you're definitely not controlling your feelings, yeah. you know, because if you have a thought, it can almost be a subconscious thought. Even you can just, your whole mood can shift and you don't even understand why. Yeah. Um, so you have two choices in that moment. You can just give into the shift and be feeling awful and make people around you awful, feel awful or whatever. Or you can go, why did my mood just shift and mm -hmm. go spend some time by yourself and kind of dig into that a little bit. So we don't, this work isn't easy. No. You know, this is not something that we by any means promote in a way like, oh, just vibrate high and it's easy and da -da, not at all. And so that's kind of what we want to do. We want to kind of guide you guys through that difficult process um, that we still deal with in our daily life, <laughs> you know? I, I think the whole high vibe, and you know, that you said it is kind of falling out of favor, and I think that the reason that is is people are realizing that it, a lot of spiritual bypassing was going on, and like, oh, we, we're just going to not look at every all of the atrocities, but if you really are, you know, and if you consider yourself to be like a light worker, kind of like, like Katrina and I do, where we're drawn to 
help people learn about themselves and help them be the most powerful beings that they can and show them their true power, you can't do so by ignoring things that are going on. I mean, the most powerful people in our history were the trailblazers in change and trying to, but by doing so, you have to acknowledge and use that um, you know, you can really be an alchemist for yourself and use that rage that you have about things that are going on in the world and transmute that into action. There's nothing that is more powerful than an action caused by anger or a feeling of injustice or, you know, that that's really what drives people to change and drives people, you know, the dreaming and all of that is great. However, People are going to move much faster by moving away from pain um, than they are to move toward pleasure. And so, but we have to be willing to look at how can we channel this, you know, this anger, this frustration, this, um, you know, sense of dread that we have maybe about what's going on in the world. How can we alchemize that into positive change? But, and, and it's not, and it's really all just about changing you, you know, not trying to go and do everything for everybody else, but it, it, you know, people think, oh, changing the world is so hard and change, but it's really, you just need to change yourself, man. If <laughs> more people, if more people would change themselves individually, the world would change as a natural Absolutely. consequence. I mean, it's just, that's how it is. It is. Um, you know, if, if the more, and, and, and again, you know, Liz and I, we are channeling ours into this podcast, into the sisterhood group that we've created, into trying to empower women and and people in general just to know their power. Yes. Um, it is not about competition. It is about collaboration. Yes. The worst thing they ever did was get us to compete. Yep. Um, you know, I don't care if it's sports or keeping up with the Joneses or whatever the case may be. Competition is just, there's no point in it, the in my opinion. It it's when you study like these higher people that have achieved very high levels of success or even like people within our government, they lead us to believe that it's, you know, red versus blue or right versus left. But all those dudes are friends. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, the people have... at the top are collaborating. Uh, uh, yeah, they are but... not competing. No, they're not. <laughs> that is fake they're all, news. Exactly. <laughs> they're all, I mean, I look at, you know, um, the president of China just came um, to San Francisco and they had some big rich boy luncheon or whatever the hell they do. But, um, and of course all the people from Apple, Larry Fink was there from BlackRock, you know, I mean like all of these heavy hitting people, but we're supposed to hate, we're supposed <coughs> to hate China, but yet all, I'd say, you know, 90% of the world's money was at that lunch, <laughs> you know, all, all talking about the way that they want to, you know, see the future for us. Whereas we're, we have the numbers and we have the power collectively, but they have us so divided on almost every issue that you could possibly think of. Well, that and they have us so exhausted, right? People are going to work. They can't make ends meet. So they're starting, you know, side hustles or yeah. working two or three jobs or, you know, all of these things when honestly, you know, money is just a construct. Yep. You know, and, and if you're, the only reason you're constantly chasing money, and this has been a, a very new lesson for me, as you know, um, with trying to make up hours at work. Yeah. Like, am I trusting the universe or am I not? You know what I mean? So it's, the more you chase, the less you attract. Yes. For one. Um, but that's what they want. Right. And so if you just kind of step out of the rat race for a minute, do you know what I mean? So many yeah. people have done it over the years, but I think more and more now so, because Pluto is at the end of Capricorn. So now people are, you can't at this point not be woke. Right. And at this point, in my opinion, if you're claiming to not be woke or you're claiming people who are woke are the wrong on the wrong side or whatever may have you, that's purposeful. That's yeah. willful ignorance. And, and you know, if you're you, getting some kind of benefit. Very tribal. System. Very tribal. And, and, and we've got Pluto moving into Aquarius, which is going to show us more about where that tribalism exists. Mm -hmm. Um because when we talk about creating a tribe or finding your tribe, that's very different. That's people that are collaborating, that are helping sustain each other, that are, as we said in the previous episode, we talked about like mutual aid and trading and mm -hmm. bartering. That's one thing. Um, but I'm talking about this tribalism, like you said, of the red versus blue. Yeah. 
Do you think Nancy Pelosi is any different than Mitch McConnell? Like, I don't, do you know what I mean? (laughs) How classless was it of her to show her freezer of ice cream, you know, back when all that was going on? So it's just, to me, it's like they have no, these people running the world have no concept of what we go through every day. You know, uh, I heard a bunch of them talking about, oh, people would just, they just need to, they probably just won't be able to buy the new iPhone. Like, that's like the, you know, they're going to have to tighten their belts. They'll probably have to, you know, drive their car for a year longer, not buy a new car this year. I'm like, people are trying to put food on their table for their medication. Like, they don't care about the fucking iPhone. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's the out of touchness. And I mean, what it really is, is we need class solidarity. We need to realize that we are living in an oligarchy where we have the wealth has been hoarded so much to the point where it's all at the top. And we're getting to the point, I think we talked about this in the last episode with capitalism, where it starts to self, you know, to eat itself because it's, there's nothing left to consume because nobody can afford to consume anymore because the wealth is all concentrated at the top. And it's such an obvious thing. It is. Like, I don't get how they don't see it. <laughs> I, I hear you. Um, but it's, and so having compassion for your fellow man, not, you know, I was at um, a luncheon um, the other day with our real estate group and our broker came up and she said, you know, during these times, I want you guys to really practice the pause and not just react. I love her already. I say um, that all the time. Not, <laughs> it, not just react to things that are happening because you have no idea what people are going through. You have no idea what, you know, if somebody is, you know, losing everything, you know, because we're all taught to be so private with each other and that we would never share those things or we don't ever want to share anything that would make us look a certain way or um you know we're so concerned about it's very capricorn our our reputation Mm -hmm. right and how we appear our status um (coughs) and what we're starting to realize as we we move through this energy is that we have far more in common with each other than we don't you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and so to, to find those commonalities and to, you know, reach across the aisle or, or talk to people that you might not have necessarily um, agreed with on this, that, or the other, that there's, there's ways to bridge that connection and communication with people. Um, and it's going to be so important because we are moving away from, you know, capitalism has done really great at dividing us down into individual consuming units. You Pull know, yourself was, up by uh, the bootstraps, uh, yeah. baby! And that's not, um, and then just not even like, lit, you know, kicking your kids out at 18 or um, so that they can go be their own consuming unit uh, and or, you know, you're not taking care of your aging parents um, because they need to be their own consuming unit. It just it, breaking it down to the smallest so that we all need these things individually as opposed to, you know, I mean, if I lived in a home with my parents and my children, we would only need, you know, one blender. Whereas now, you know, my daughter, li- my stepdaughter lives away and she needs her own and I need my own and they need their own. So that's really, um, you know, it's all by design. And mm-hmm. so ways that you can, you know, take some of that power back, we're going to be talking about um, that a lot too. Yes. And it's very fitting for the last episode of the Kazemi and uh, Scorpio with the sun and Mars, uh, because it starts, it starts internally. Um, really, this two year cycle is um, an emotional cleansing, um, really starting to understand your own emotions, practicing the pause. Like you said, I say that all the time. I, <laughs> I keep my blog and, uh, I, I, I use that phrase consistently. Um, it has saved me so many times. Um, if I'm in a heightened state of emotion and somebody says something and my, and I am triggered, my natural response, anybody's natural response is to want to respond. Yep. It takes great power. They used to say when I was young, they would always say it takes a bigger person to walk away. You don't understand that when you're young because you just want to hit them back or whatever because they just, you know. But as you get older, you realize that's why so many people don't walk away because it does take so much more strength and so much more power to not react. 
to not respond. But if you can train yourself and, and not, you know, and as you first start this, this work, I'll just say it can be a little disheartening because you're not going to get it overnight. Um, and you're still human, right? Yeah. So you're going to have moments where you still react or, or respond in a way that you don't necessarily uh, wish you would have. But it's in those moments, not judging yourself, just yeah. understanding that you are trying to change pretty much a lifetime of wrong information. Yeah. It, you know, your brain is like a computer and it's been programmed and you're trying to deprogram that. So just try to take a bird's eye view of it as you're doing the work. Um, I feel like that's super helpful. And with this being in the third deacon of Scorpio, that's what it's about, the eagle and the bird's eye view. Mm. Um, and ultimately, you know, each deacon of Scorpio is ruled by a different thing. So the the first deacon is ruled by the scorpion where we're crawling on the ground with the muck and we're stinging each other and competing and all of these yeah. things. Um, and then we get to the snake, which is where we start. You know, that's why the medical field has the the snakes going up. Uh-huh. Um, it's about healing and wisdom. And then of course, once you've done the healing work and you've get, gained the wisdom, now we're onto the eagle where you get a bird's eye view and you can rise like the phoenix from those mm, ashes. So that. so that's that's very powerful. Um, and so I, this is a great time, I feel, for us to rebrand the podcast, um, especially centered on that emotional work and the emotional intelligence. Definitely. I think a great way um, to get started, you know, with emotional intelligence work, there's there's some books I would recommend. Um, the Body Keeps Score is one of them. It talks about, you know, healing from trauma and about how um, our bodies are, you know, and things that we experience physically are really, you know, emotional wounds in a lot of ways. Um, and then The Presence Process by Michael Brown, it, that t- um, kind of teaches us how to ground into the present moment and the same with Eckhart Tolle's book The Power of Now um all great great places to start with um emotional intelligence work and but if even if you don't have any books you can just be a detective of your own emotions so look at things and if you have to carry around a little journal every day um and and write down things that trigger you and kind of dig into those a little bit um, because you'll find that a lot of times we're triggered from very old wounding and it's it's difficult to even uncover it at first glance Um, but the more that we realize that you know we have certain behavioral (coughs) patterns that we um, do or participate in because of our old wounding and they all kind of have a common theme like a lot of i think for myself included themes around um trust you know i have chiron in taurus um and it's in gate two of in human design of feminine energy which is all about trusting and um and so i've been this hyper independent person and so I sometimes get into a mode where I feel like I'm always right and that my way is the best way. And so, when, but then, then I have to remember, like, I'm in a married partnership here and I owe it to my partner to take their, to take his, you know, input into things and, um, and to understand that he brings a wealth of knowledge and experience um, that he has to contribute to our relationship. And it's not just the Liz show. Um, despite all the Aries in me that wants it to be, you know? So, um, but that's the level of self-awareness we're talking about, right? Um, it's look, we admit, and we can see it in our charts, human design and astrology, right? Where our own shortcomings are, but because we know them and we don't sit there and beat ourselves and each other up over them, we're able to, you know, eventually get to that higher expression of that energy um and that's what this is about but she's yeah you're totally right because there are so many times I mean I have my own placements where um I can be very dogmatic I have so much fixed energy Mm. um I feel like I have to hold the line and you know not so much my way or the highway but if I think I'm right if I am convinced that I am correct it can be very difficult to convince me otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> um, and again, just knowing that has been super helpful because I'll catch myself like in that mode and go, oh, wait a minute. Let me step back and at least hear this person out. Yeah. You know? It's so helpful too because we'll find that a lot of the battles that we want to fight are not even worth it. It's not worth, I mean, if you're in a, you're in a good, you know, high vibe and you're feeling great 
and somebody, you know, it acts like a dick or wants or, you know, cuts you off in traffic or is rude to you, you know, a lot of times we have a tendency to like let that hijack us. So who are we giving our power to? Is we're giving our strangers. power to strangers <laughs> to allow them to make us feel a certain way, which in, in intellectually, when you think about it, you're like, why would I ever do that? But we do it all, all the, the time. time. And not even just with strangers, but with obviously, and it's even probably harder with, you know, the people that we love and are in relationships with because we take everything so personally, we don't look at like, okay, maybe they're having a bad day. We always frame everything into, oh, well, they're doing this to me. <laughs> or, you know, why did, what did I do to deserve this? Whereas... You know, we're not the star in anybody else's movie, nor are they the star in our movie. So we have to remember that people do what they're doing because of who they are and how they were raised and things that are activating them and triggering them. And, and <coughs> if it comes to a point where, you know, you have somebody in your life that is just refuses to take accountability or, or do any kind of introspection, well, maybe that it's time to cool off on that relationship for a while until, you know, you don't have to enmesh yourself with people who just want to live down at that low scorpion level, you know? Yeah, I don't want to and... crawl at that level yeah. ever again in my life. Exactly. So... Um, it's going to be a lot of time to evaluate, um, like I said, be a detective of your own feelings and see what your triggers are. And you'll find as you do some of this work that um, it's all surrounding the same kind of themes. Um, and a lot of them, you know, some of them are, are trust. Some of them stem from um, feeling just safe. If, if you look at like the needs hierarchy, it's very similar to the chakra system where mm -hmm. you're, you know, you have to have that root level needs covered, your safety, your security, um, you know, your food and, and the things that you need to do basically survive. And so, and then you can kind of move up from there and move toward enlightenment and toward, um, you know, self-actualization. And then I think I'll just say too, you know, I'm excited to get into the new, newer episodes that we're doing, um, especially when we get like to the manifestation part. I was listening to this girl the other day, um, talk about manifestation as a business negotiation with the universe. Mm. And this can apply. I, I would, I'll give you the example she used, but I would, I would even apply this to jobs or, you know, any area of life, but just to keep it simple, she, she talked about one of her clients wanting to manifest the right partner mm -hmm. and how she had specific, um, ideas for how she wanted this partner to be. And so she meets the first guy and she goes out with them and she realizes, well, he fits this, this, and this, but he doesn't really fit this. And she said, okay, universe, I'm really grateful. That was great, but no, I'm not settling for that. I right. want what I asked for. So she dates, you know, the second guy and he's closer to the fit, but he's not as tall as she wants. Or the, I mean, this is a very superficial example <laughs> um, or, or whatever have you. So she says, okay, universe, yeah, I'm not settling for that until she eventually gets to the person that fits that entire criteria and has this beautiful, emotionally intelligent relationship. But that's what we're talking about. When we yes. talked about the Mars Kazemi, you have to be willing to let go of what's almost mm. and not settle if you want the real deal. Oh, man. And that's so hard for us because, like you said, it's either trust or the safety of it or we fear abandonment or rejection. And if you never heal those wounds and become emotionally intelligent, it's really hard to negotiate with anybody, let alone the universe. Right. You, you know? have to come from a place of power <clears throat> and not lack. And, and so, um, and before we wrap up, that reminds me of, Something that we talk about a lot in real estate is in more mindset work, but um, there's this concept of like um, everybody thinks that if they get the thing, then they will become. Whereas it's it's actually the opposite of that. It's you have to become, and then you will get the thing. And so it's we're going to talk about um, identity and really kind of becoming the higher version of yourself first, even if it seems, you know, what do they say, Delulu? Um, even if it seems like you're living in a, a false life, but you're, you're, you have to become the thing that you want for the universe to recognize that it's time to create the reality around it. That's the reason, you know, people that win the lottery, they may have had a lucky break and win the lottery, but a lot of them go broke because they're not, 
the people yet who can handle that kind of money. They haven't created that identity of a wealthy person. And I think that's such an important key is we want things, instant gratification, but there are so many times in my life I can tell you that if I would have gotten what I thought I wanted, I would not have been in the emotional space to handle it. Mm, yeah. Um, and I think knowing yourself and, and, and not comparing yourself to anybody else is so important on that journey. Um, just because somebody else has it doesn't mean you're ready for it and vice versa. That's right. Um, and so a lot of times if we do have it, we can allow other people to make us feel like we don't deserve it even. So it can go both ways, but... Um, but yeah, you have to be, you know, why would the universe want to give you more if you're not a good steward of what you already have? That's right. You know, and so this work is, I mean, it's really deep work. Um, I'm really excited, (laughs) um, about the future of the podcast. Um, and just being able, you know, at some point, maybe Liz and I can share our background with it, what we've been able to manifest, that sort of things, just to give you guys an example. Um, yeah, like but, the house we're sitting in, I yeah, was able to manifest. Yeah, yeah my relationship, <laughs> even my friendship with, with Liz and the ideas we're all talking about, this is all stuff that, you know, I started manifesting in 2020. Yeah. So so it's just amazing. Um, and you'll get better at it with time. I always say fake it till you make it. Yeah. And, and it goes back to what I said before. It's not fake because what you're doing is you're slowly building your sense of power mm-hmm. and slowly building your sense of self-worth. And like I said before, you do that by making the right decisions even when it doesn't feel right Mm. because your feelings can lie to you. And if you, like, say you've been in a relationship for a long time and you know that person isn't going to change, right? Yeah. And you have invested so much time and energy into trying to get them to change and transform with you, at some point you're going to have to let that go to move to the next level. Yep. Um, And you can blame them if you want, but you're the one making the choice to stay with them. Yeah. Um, And so this is really about, in in small to large decisions, recognizing the power you have to make a different choice. You can't force other people to. Nope. That's so true. So... Well, we hope we've given you uh, some good insight into the direction that we are headed, and we really, truly hope that you will, um, you know, stay with us during this journey, and that it will be provide some helpful knowledge and some real life strategies of how you can um, become a stronger emotional being and um, build that resiliency um, and you know keep your word to yourself more and just stand more in your powerful in your power because we are very powerful beings um, and unfortunately we've been taught our whole lives that we're not um, and that's by design as well but um, most people I think are realizing it now that that we do have more power power than we we thought we did and so it's time to learn how to use it No, I agree with that completely. So thank you guys so much uh, for tuning in to this episode of the Grand Rising Podcast, and we will uh, catch you next week. Take care, everyone. Thank you for joining us today on this episode of the Grand Rising Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you would please take a moment to like, subscribe, and share. This helps us and ensures you stay up to date on the latest conversations. We say Grand Rising because the time has come for us all to stop mourning and start rising.